word of the Lord. Elder Strevel's one of the greatest Christian gentlemen. He is a very kind man. He's kind to everybody. He's kind to young preachers, kind to elders. I love Brother Strevel and appreciate him very much. I was thinking about him, him coming down, preaching for us. And uh, I thought about your congregation. I've only been there once or twice. But, but just from those couple experiences... He's got a congregation that's comfortable in who they are because they're very comfortable with their man of God. He's a solid man, consistent man, preacher of truth. And we are extremely honored to have you today, Elder. I love you. Come give us what the Lord is putting in. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Townley. And praise the Lord, everybody. I am happy to be here. And uh, as St. Paul said, to speak for myself. For God has been, well, I have to say better to me than anybody else. And certainly I thank him for the many, many blessings that he's placed on my life. I'm getting ready in just a couple of months to celebrate my 51st anniversary of living for the Lord. And uh, I actually, I like that celebration better than my own birthday. It's a little bit behind that, but I'm grateful to God for all he has done. And I can say without any shadow of a doubt, he's done me nothing but good. Aren't you glad for what the Lord's done for you? It's an honor to be here at this meeting. I'm so happy to be included in uh, these series of services. I guess I haven't been to a men's meeting like this in a long time. And uh, certainly the Lord has been in this place. And uh, I thank God for what we have heard these last two services and I uh, appreciate the good pastor here love brother Townley he talks about others so well but he too is a great man of God a man of a man that's a Christian and uh, I I looked this congregation over last night all these preachers that can sing Wow, um, somewhat jealous about that. Never could sing. I've, I've actually written my own request and uh, and even announced it, but nobody seemed to be excited. But he's an excellent singer, uh, par excellent preacher, and uh, I'm just glad to be here with him and this great church family. It's good to be in beautiful southern Louisiana, and um, I see a lot of my friends. Uh, some of my friends have uh, that came from the north to the south, but somebody's got to stay up there. And so I'm staying up there trying to endure the cold, and um, one of the beautiful parts about 
um, your children moving away. If there's a good thing about it, if they move south, you can go to where the warm is at. And so we're actually enjoying that as well. So it's good to be here with, with you and this wonderful church family and all of you good men today. Well, I mean, tell you, this preaching has just overwhelmed me. I, I, uh, last night when Brother Calhoun was preaching, I heard a, I heard a voice of the past. And um, the late Elder Cavanis used to tell me when I was uh, scheduled to be next after a great message, he would say, son, if I was you, I'd get sick and go home. <laughs> So, um, and I think he meant it. <laughs> only, only he could do that. But um, I, I know one thing: if an iPad makes you preach that good, I'm going home and getting me one. <laughs> Is that what you was using too? Well, I, I'm the old man here. That's for sure. So, um, both of these men have just done, outdone themselves and giving us what I believe the Lord would want us to have. Good to see all of these preachers. I love preachers. I have always loved preachers, and I'm glad I still love them. Glad to see Brother Marler here. Um, it's good to have somebody here older than me. <laughs> if you hadn't have come, I'd have had to blame this on Brother Boyd. He's, he's a, this message that I have today is for men. And um, I, um, I want to, I want to talk to you today about something that um, I preached a long, long time ago. In fact, so long ago, I didn't even have a gray hair in my head. I was uh, young, and uh, most folks thought I was black-headed, but actually, it was a dark brown. At least that's what I told the driver's branch, and. Um, I have spent more time, probably, uh, I spent more time in this message than um, in studying this lesson than probably any message I ever preached. And um, I, uh, we, my wife and I, we went to Greece some years ago and uh, traveled around the country there. And uh, something the tour guide said, um, triggered my mind to a thought and when I got home I I uh, went to the library and I have been there a few times but I went there and checked out several books and um, found out he did know what he was talking about and so this message was born out of that trip um, and I hope I uh, can convey it to you as I received it I want to read two passages today, and I know we got to got to go eat here shortly. Um, I want to read two passages. The first one is found in the book of Corinthians, and I don't think you can get any more Greek in than that. First Corinthians, the last chapter, the last chapter, um, and. I hope I can share some of these things that I've learned 
And I want to read here just uh, one verse, and uh, and then I want to I want to read the other one. In First Corinthians chapter sixteen, and I want to read just verse thirteen. Verse thirteen, and it says this: Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. The Message Bible puts it this way. Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you got. Give it all you got. Be resolute. The New American Standard Bible says it this way. Be on the alert. Stand Firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. The second passage I want to read is from the book of Ephesians. Just a small book written by the same man, the Apostle Paul. And it is, I also want to go to the last chapter of that book. uh, The final remarks by Paul. And I want to read just one verse in this setting, and then I want to talk about the surrounding verses as I proceed in the message. Verse number 14, and here's what it says in verse number 14. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Quit you like men. Act like a man. And above all, taking on the shield of faith. And I want to try and bring these two verses together before I'm done. And and hope I can make the sense before I'm finished. But my subject today is maintaining the honor of the shield. Maintaining the honor of the shield. You can be seated. Maintaining the honor of the shield. There's a whole lot of content surrounding these verses that I've read from, uh, particularly in this somewhat small letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. He brings a lot of message out in such uh, a short book. He speaks to believers about their position in Christ and how they are made nigh unto Christ by his shed blood on Calvary. And then he addresses the purpose that we just heard somewhat about and the purpose of the ministry as well. He talks about becoming a new man since Jesus has come into our lives and how that the new man causes us to put off the old nature and put on Christ. As you go down through this book, he speaks about various things that God has done for us and how that we can stay spiritually connected. He gives instruction to children that 
it's right for them to obey their parents in the Lord. And then he speaks to fathers, assigning them responsibility to encourage their children in serving the Lord. There's a lot written here about men and the positions of a man. He speaks of how we ought to submit ourselves one to another. He emphasizes God's expectation for a clean and holy church and how that he will only present to himself a glorious church uh, and not having spot or wrinkle or any such things. It seems, as you read this book, there's a multitude of subjects that he covers that are uh, essential for our admonition to go forward and to live for God. A lot of times we can spend studying in the book of Ephesians and also in the book of Corinthians. And so, in summary, you can see the, the various subjects that are discussed in this small book and how they affect us and can change us. I thank God for the book of Ephesians. I'm glad for it as a pastor. I was grateful for it as a saint. And then we come down to the final uh, write-off of this man toward the end of the book, and it brings out our text. And it says in verse number, in chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul finally says, brother, Finally, brethren, after informing them of all the high callings and tremendous doctrines that have been given to them, he now wants... He now wants to warn them of the enemies that will oppose them and how that they can be prepared to overcome the enemy and be victorious. He proceeds to tell them. I hope you stay with me for just a little bit. He proceeds to tell them uh, about how they can overcome and those things that will come upon them. And he commands them to be strong in the Lord and to put uh, the power of God in their life by putting on the whole armor of God and put it all on. He says that twice. In verse 11 and verse 13, he says, put on the whole armor of God. And then verse 16, he says, taking the shield of faith. And he speaks of having on the helmet of salvation. In these verses, he explains the reason for the need to have the whole armor of God on so that they would be able to survive the things that were to come and to stand against the onslaughts of the enemy that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and against Satan's entrapment. And that when the evil days come, that all of us would be prepared to be able to stand against all the principalities and all the powers and all the rulers of darkness that are in the world and against the spiritual wickedness that may come from high places. I thank God for this tremendous book. I thank God he has given us instructions on how to be safe and how to be careful, and how to be able to combat the enemy that comes our way. But where I want to place the focus today 
is on verse 16, particularly of Ephesians, above all, taking on the shield of faith. Amen. I thank God that he said that, above all. And I don't think that when he says above all, that he's particularly trying to say that, uh, that we're to ignore the rest of the armor, but that of its importance, that after putting on all the things that are essential uh, regarding this armor that we are to take in hand and make sure that the piece of the armor is on and be sure that we bear up with arms the shield of faith that we may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Yes, yes. Amen. I kind of I get the feeling that the reason we are seeing so many men today and saints of God, and particularly uh, men and churches that are suffering from those who are walking away. It is because they have not taken on the shield of faith. They didn't take it serious. They didn't take it as a significant, important part of the armor. And if there's a lacking in our day, it's the absence of faith. It's the absence of trusting and believing in God. Believing that God still can do whatever he could do. I believe Jesus said it. He said, when I come again, shall I find faith on the earth? And I'm convinced that the number one sin of our day is the sin of the lack of faith. I know we talk about all the other things that are so needful to discuss and to talk about outwardly and that affect us and divert our attention. But one of the things that's so critical and so essential is for us to have faith in God. Amen. And I want to talk about the importance of the shield. We've heard about having faith all of our lives. We could go around this church today and we could ask almost all of you your definition of faith. And I would venture to say that we'd probably get a lot of different uh descriptions of what faith is and uh, I perhaps would think that most of those answers would be right because there's nothing that we do spiritually that faith is not involved in everything that we teach and preach has faith woven in it because nothing that we do not one thing that we do for living for God is without faith and if we do not mix it with, this, with faith, with our spirituality, we have nothing. But thank God we can have faith in God. Thank God we can take up the shield of faith and be strong. Aren't you glad for faith that we preach in the church? Aren't you glad that you can believe that God can still do what He's always done if we take up the shield of faith? And sure, we, can't, we know for sure we cannot please God Without faith, it's simply impossible. And if I gave you an explanation of what the definition of faith is, I would have to say I believe faith is a composite of all we believe about God concerning our salvation and our, and our walking here on the earth. Faith is our hope. It's all that we trust in concerning God. It's our confidence that we maintain in God's word that he will keep his word with us. That if God said it, God will do it. That if God promised it, he'll bring it to fruition. If God 
said he'd do it for us. You can count on it. Someday, sometime, God through faith is going to bring it to pass. I mean, thank God for a word of faith. Amen. And I am absolutely confident. That's why when we hear the word of God preached and we take it and we listen to it and we take it into our hearts, I'm going to tell you that you can believe God over anything else you hear. I don't care what a doctor's report says. I don't care what a judge says. God can go beyond the judge's decision if you have faith in God. Amen. It's your faith in God's word that wins every time. And what God says isn't always what man says, nor is what logic says. Amen. God can do anything. I'm telling you, if he can tell a 90-year-old woman she's going to have a baby, amen, you can just count on it, she's going to have that child. Because when God says something, you can count on it. It may not go with the logic of a society. It may not go with, it may not go with what you think is right. But if God said it, if God promised it, if God spoke it, if the man of God preached it, you can believe without a doubt it shall come to pass. Amen. Real faith is when we believe God's word, whether we read it from the pages of the Bible or hearing it from your pastor. Listen to me. Anything you preach and hear preached over a pulpit, if you'll believe it, God will bring it to pass through your faith. Amen. And if you mix faith with, with it, with the word of God, it's got value in it for you. I don't care what statistics says. I don't care what the judges say. I've been facing some of this in recent days. Amen. We had a lady that, um, that uh, was, um, uh, she's uh, got saved and come in the church, and uh, she'd lost her children. And uh, through past, had given them up. And the, the adoption people had, uh, the people had already adopted. I felt sorry for the folks uh, in the adoption that had adopted this child and had it for years. And she got in church and started realizing that she, she needed her child. And she wanted her child back and realized the foolishness that she had been in as a young woman. And she went to the court and I told her, just trust God. And we went and and, uh, and, and it's almost impossible to break something like that. But we went into the courtroom with her, and I heard that judge. I couldn't believe my ears. He said, you know, if this lady is sincere about her having her child back, we're going to see to it she can get it back. Amen. It seemed like it wasn't going to happen. But when God finds someone that takes the word of God as it is, that God can do miraculous things, when we mix faith with it. Amen. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If God's man said it, you can believe it and it will come to pass. The word of God is only as effective as those who have faith in it. So I believe faith is everything that we've heard preached unto us. That we have believed by acting upon it. Faith cometh by hearing. 
and hearing cometh by the word of God. And you can't hear without a preacher. And he cannot preach except he be sent. This same writer, St. Paul, spoke about a people who rejected the gospel preaching. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 2, listen to this. It said, for unto us, that's the church, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the difference was the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I don't mind to tell this congregation, I th- and I believe this, and I stand by it because the word of God is right. If there's anything missing in our day, it is a, it is a confidence in God that God can still do what he's always been able to do. And if he promised it, he will bring it to pass for you. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad for your pastor? Aren't you glad for the word that he preaches that produces the faith that's needed for you to receive the blessings of the Lord? Watch ye and stand fast in the faith. Keep acting like men. Be strong. Above all, taking on the shield of faith. The shield. The shield was, is one of the most, most common needed devices a defense that man has created. The shield is nearly as old as war itself. It didn't take fighting men long to figure out the value and the worth of a shield. It's the only piece of defense Weaponry that hasn't lost its need. The shield in defense for today may have taken on a different shape than those of ancient times. But the need, the meaning of a shield is still the same. And you can believe one thing today, uh, whether it's modern inventions or uh, the defense weaponry that's designed in today's time, there's always a shield involved machine or device from land defense to air defense to ships and submarine all are designed in the combat of war to be able to have a shield of defense amen you're open to severe damage or even death without a shield the shield has become the most lasting emblem of defense i read i read where many writers of ancient history considered the shield to be the chief weapon of defense, the most important piece of armor in their arsenal. Many groups today identify, want to, be, want to identify their businesses, want to identify their, their lives with the characteristics and the strength and the continuity and the safety that will be the symbol or an emblem of a shield. The shield in Bible times were always of great importance. I have read my Bible where David engaged in the battle. In one of the battles that he engaged in that we so capably heard about last night, how that he slayed 22,000 men. And David had his men go strip them of their shields. The shield was considered the warrior's chief means of protection. I want you to remember what I said about that because... That is extremely critical. The shield was considered the warrior's chief 
means of protection. The shield was designed to ward off, amen, the blows made by the attackers. They say that there's been no greater dedication to the shield in man's history than that of a people that's referred to as the Spartans. The Spartans were not a mythical people. They were a real flesh and blood who were natives of the Greek city Sparta. Amen. The city of Sparta was a military hub made up of military families, a city full of heroic fighting men. Historians have said that Sparta's men was its walls. They didn't particularly need walls. They had men that could stand and defend the city that they were in. The Spartans were no notorious in battle because they fought. When they fought, there was nothing withheld. They were fearless. They were fearless in their fighting. They were cautious and slow to act. But when they act, the impact was significant for they were skilled and feared in all of Greece. When a baby was born in Sparta and, and if the child turned out to be sickly, if it was a man child and turned out to be sickly, that child was taken to the hills and left to die of exposure because the child was deemed unfit for war, therefore unfit for life. It was absolutely significant and importance for the life of that city and those people to be able to understand the importance of warfare. At the age of seven, every male Spartan was sent to military school. What a tremendous age. What a young age. The school was significant because it taught toughness and discipline and endurance of pain. It taught survival skills and honor. After 13 long years of vigorous training and intense training, at the age of 20, a Spartan became a declared soldier. The Spartan soldier spent his life with his fellow soldiers. He did not go home. He did not go visit relatives. He did not go anywhere. He stayed with his comrades. He ate with them. He slept with them. He, com he communicated with them. His discussions were with them. He lived and breathed every day of his life with his fellow comrade. At the age of 30, a Spartan that had been trained well would take an oath of loyalty. It read something like this. I shall not disgrace my sacred weapons, nor shall I desert my comrade at my side. Whenever I stand in rank, I shall fight in defense of both sacred and secular things. And I shall not hand down a fatherland that is reduced in size, but that is larger and stronger than it has ever been. I shall not... I shall be obedient to the laws that are established and to any that is in the future may wisely be established. I shall honor the sacred rights that are ancestral. From age seven, from age seven to age 60, Spartan military ruled their life. It demanded the very core and the heart of every man. They weren't like their counterparts, the Athens that were in Greece. Uh, they, they were, they were, who were taught the significance and the importance of politics and how that their studies were in the political arena. But for a Spartan, 
it was not the luxurious life style that the men of Athens would enjoy. But the Spartans, were never, they never surrounded themselves with luxury or expensive leisure. They were taught that warfare was their heritage and that it was their birthright. And they bear that with great honor and with great prestige. And even though when they turned 60 years of age and able to carry their, sh their shield home, they stood, they stood continued and felt always the commitment to be a Spartan and to defend the cause. To a Spartan, it was a lifetime commitment. It was not something that was passing or something that was just for the moment. It wasn't just to say, I served four years and out. It was a lifetime. They were taught this from seven years old until they were 60. And still, they could not get away from the commitment that was given to them as a young lad. It was a vocation. At the release from warfare, they still carried in their minds and in their bosoms a loyalty to their cause. To a Spartan, there was no discharge. It was for life. And I know we're, we're people that always are sort of looking for a way out. And we're looking for an easy road. But my friends, it was not so with the Spartans. The mother, the mother, the, the mother herself would repeat and, and, would, and, would, and would talk to her child. And when that child was young and growing and, and, uh, and, and living at home, that mother would hand her son the shield, and that shield was important. And on the day of the oath of loyalty at 30 years old, that mother would stand there, and it was her custom to address her son that had been trained in the art of warfare to present the shield to her sons just prior to their going into battle. And when the, and when the mother handed the shield to her son, she would say these words, either bring this shield back or be brought back on this shield, alluding to the custom of bringing back the slain soldier upon his shield. Thank God for the Spartans. Amen. I don't know. I'd be pretty proud of a mascot called the Spartans. The mother would, re would, 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 would repeat herself, and she would tell her son she couldn't address him enough. I'm going to give you this shield. You've been, you, 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 you've been chosen and you've worked and you've spent hours training for this moment. Amen. And you were born and bred to be a fighting man. You either bring this shield back on your arm or you come back riding on it. The honor was in the shield. They did not take warfare lightly. It was their heritage. It was something extremely significant. I'm telling you, son, don't you come back to this city unless you're still carrying the shield or you're being ridden upon the shield and carried by the shield. One way or another, if, you don't, if, you don't, if we don't see you again, I want you to understand you're to honor the shield. You're to, you're to care for what you have been given. This thing is not a toy. This thing is a reality. This thing is, is, has a cause and a purpose behind it. And son, when you come home, I want you to honor the shield by either bringing it back on your arm or be riding upon it. If there's, if there's anything about 
the shield that's important. It's the honor of the shield. And when she would give her final kiss upon his forehead, then she and she would tell him to keep the honor that had been bestowed upon him by carrying this shield. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. They did not take warfare lightly. It was their heritage. They knew well that the shield could would be their strength and that it would be their protection. It would be the greatest piece of defense that they had. And they were not to come home and disgrace the shield. The shield was not to be one just to be uh, uh, taken lightly. It was a serious moment of induction. It proved that, that, that they would have to come home. Amen. And if he came home and he was bearing the shield, it proved he was not a coward. It proved he was not one that ran from a fight, but he brought honor to his people. It proved that he had been faithful to his country and he honored his oath. It was a reproach for a Spartan to come home slung over a horse or riding in the back of a wagon or even being drugged back home. If he had kept his honor by carrying the shield and died, he would have been carried upon his shield by his comrades. They would have honored him. They would have saluted him if he'd have come back being carried upon his shield. But he was not to come back any other way. Mama said, listen, son, either you come home bearing the shield or you're on your arms or you let them carry you upon it when they bring you back. But I want to see that shield back in the land of Sparta. Thank God for mothers. The mother at times were also accustomed to exciting the courage of the son by delivering to him their father's shield, which was their father's honor. She would say to her in the following address, she would say, this shield was thy father's. Always preserve it. Do not do preserve it or perish, one of the two. I'm handing you your father's shield. He was a proud Spartan, for he came and he, he bore it and bare it, whether he was carried on it or where, whether he carried it back home. It was an honorable thing to carry the shield home. Either you carry your father's shield with honor by bringing it back on your arms or be brought back up on it, or you'll not be allowed, you'll not be allowed, your name will not be allowed to be in the honor row of this lineage. We'll bury you with the forgotten men. Men that deserve no honor. Men that deserve no heritage. Men that deserve no recognition. Men that do not deserve to have their names on the roll call of the faithful. This shield's your daddy's shield. You bear it right. You cherish it. You polish it. You understand its value and its meaning. I'm entrusting you, son, that you maintain its honor and bring it back or you'll not be fit to be called a Spartan. When you come home, son, this shield must be, must be, you must, you must be carrying it or you must be carried upon it. You're a hero or you're a coward, depending upon how this shield gets home. Son, above all, cherish the shield. It's for it. It has a, an attended purpose. It has a, an attended accomplishment. There's something said about you when you come home. If you come home bearing it or you're being carried on it, that's where your honor lies. 
And when you go to war, don't you ever forget the honor of the shield. Son, don't you get sidetracked by the spoils of war. Remember your honor. Remember your teachings of allegiance. Oh, you'll see the glitter of the gold and the silver of the spoils. You'll see the trinkets that men like to possess. You'll see those things that attract the human eye that would try to pull you away from the battle and get you alert into the spoils that men desire. But son, forget all the glitter. Forget all the sparkle. They're only earthly possessions. They're not things of value. They're not things that last. They're not things that are supportive for the future of our people. If you want our people to be honored and to be a quality people and our people to be recognized and feared by all the world and understand that we have a purpose for existence, son, don't disgrace the shield. Amen. I care more about the honor than all the earthly possessions. That was his goal. If you would bring me back and you would want to keep the honor of the shield. I don't care if you win the battle or not. That's not important. What means more to my people and to our heritage is that you and what means more to our family and to you is to maintain the honor of the shield. Bring that shield back. Bring it in victorious. Amen. I don't care if you're riding upon it. I don't care if you're bearing it, but just make sure you're not, you, you, you have not left it on some battlefield somewhere. Keep the honor. Keep the prestige. Keep the heritage of the sword and of the shield. Bring that shield back to Sparta. I want to tell you something today that I think and, and see so much happening in our day. If we're not careful, my brothers and sisters, we will turn our eyes away from the faith that God has wanted us to lean upon. We will not honor the faith of our fathers. We will somehow find greatness in something else besides the, beside the things that we ought to find it in. The spoils of battle are everywhere. Amen. But I'm telling you, the spoils that are all around us, all the things that we see, all the things that we desire, all the things that we want to pull within us and make them a part of our security of life are not really securities of life. The best and the only thing that you can give your generation is to bring them back the shield and hand it down to, your, to those that are below you that they can see that there's honor and that there's a purpose for what we are doing in our day. God help us as, as men that we see the importance and the value of holding the shield of faith. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I, I, am not, I don't know anybody here. And I, I know very few of you. And I know a few of these preachers and maybe some saints from the Moss Bluff Church. And I'm not even sure I know their name. But I'm going to tell you, if we're not careful, we can get our eyes on this, the glitter and the gold of society. Our minds, even while we're in church, 
we can start considering those things that are on the outside that need to be done. But can I tell you right now that the best thing you're doing is sitting in this church, you're polishing your shield to equip yourself for the battle that's on the outside. Young men, it, young preachers, it's not the glitter and gold of driving a Cadillac. It's not the glitter and gold of living in a fine home. It's not the glitter that comes through gathering ties, but it's to see the souls of men pointing their lives toward God and toward the cross that means the most. I'm telling you what we're doing is worth all of life itself, and we need to transfer it and hand it down to our children just the same. I want to tell all of you here, the spoils of this battle that we're in is not the sign of honor and greatness. If you could gain the whole world and lost your soul and lost your family soul, amen. Young man, and I'm, I'm watching and I'm just, uh, I got two boys back home I love very much and, and uh, I'm not even, uh, I know you're considering me elderly, but I'm not thinking about retiring. I'm looking to Brother Boyd now. I'm going to go back and get a second breath here. He's, he's older than you think. He's just because he dyes his hair doesn't mean. <laughs> Amen. But thank God I want my boys to get what I got. I want them to know the honor of the shield. We got a message that nobody else has. We have the strongest, the mightiest army of all. And I don't mind to tell you, I want my boys to get it just exactly like I got it. I don't want them to get spoils on their mind. I don't want them to die and think that it's important to be able to build a fine home or to have a nice retirement fund. But I want to tell them this, that the honor is in the shield of faith. Oh, God, we need to preach faith like we never preached it in all of our lives in the apostolic church. You young men that are coming on that are young preachers, and I, I so admire you. I admire young men that are taking over and having to fill pulpits of men who have held the shield up for so many years. But let me tell you something. Maintain the honor of the shield. Don't get caught up in all the frivolity and all the fun and all the good times that are going on. Maintain the honor of the shield. Got a young man in our part of the country, one of the most saddest stories I could ever tell. It breaks my heart to see it. Took a good church from his father and and uh, got his eyes on the spoils of life. And yes, the crowds are coming, but things are changing in that congregation. He doesn't know the value of the shield. He doesn't know how to maintain the value of the shield. I see Trinitarians now invited in his pulpit. I see Trinitarians singing in his pulpit. It's just the same as far as I'm concerned. I'm telling you, a Trinitarian doesn't have any place in our pulpits. He has no place at all. If you got honor for the shield, 
you won't let them in your pulpit. You might listen to their singing and go where they're singing, but don't you let them in the house of God. It's a dishonor to the shield. You can be seated. Yes, he's filling the building up with people, but he's lost the honor of the shield. I thank God for the shield tonight. Amen. Son, you either come home bearing the shield or letting the shield bear you. Amen. Keep the shield of faith in the old time way. I think we ought to keep the shield of Acts 2.38. I'm not ashamed of Acts 2.38. I think it's the most beautiful message in all the world. I still stand in my pulpit and tell him all Trinitarians are going to go to hell. I was taught that when I was a young man, and I know that's not popular now because we're looking at spoils. But, brother, if you see the honor of the shield, how that you can disgrace the shield Thank God for mother. Amen. I said, thank God for mother. Honor the shield. Maintaining the value and the worth of the shield. I still believe the shield of faith is in our worship. I still believe that the shield of faith is a part of our holiness message. Inside and out. I want to tell you preachers, keep on preaching it. I'll tell you men, keep on living it. Be proud when your father, when your father of the church begins to polish the shield. When he gets up and talks about it, don't think he's old-fashioned and a fogey. Don't think he doesn't care about the souls of men. He's trying to keep honor in the shield so that we don't lose our faith and lose out with God when all is said and done. Amen. Thank God for the shield. When we saw an allegiance to God, when we came into this thing, we believed it with all that we had. Amen. We believed everything they told us. They told us it was wrong. We didn't want to go there. They told us we could go there. We, we felt privileged in a certain sense, but it didn't disgrace the shield. did not disgrace the honor that was attached to the shield. Thank God for the shield of faith. Quit you like men. Act like men. Quit acting like a sissy. And I'm not going to talk about, a young man said, I, every time he's heard me preach, he heard me preach against homosexuals. And if I did, I didn't know I did that. But it's still, I'm still against homosexuals. I'm against the effeminacy in our pulpit. Let's act like men. Let's act like we've been trained for the war for the battle and for the warfare that's before us. And let's honor, let's honor the shield. Amen. I still want to believe television's wrong. I'm just polishing my shield. They told me it was wrong when I came in and it's still wrong right now. Hollywood's no good for us. We don't need it in our homes. 
And I know that's not very popular now. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to run with somebody that's inferior. That's an inferior Spartan. I want to run with somebody that's in the warfare with the art of knowing how to fight against the sins of our day. It does, you don't have to be very old to be a Spartan. And, I, and in all honesty, I, 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 I look, you can be seated. I see some of our people that are getting older and going off the scene. When I got the, the word this week about Elder Sister Ballestero, it's another Spartan going home on her shield. Amen. No dishonor there, my friend. It's, she's worth, it's worth trying to go to her funeral. And I'm going to try and go if I possibly can. I'm going to tell you, I honor everybody who's been faithful to God. Whether you've been in one year or 51 years, it doesn't matter to God. What matters to God, did you keep the honor of the shield? Did you maintain the honor of the shield? That's what really counts. You get you a new pastor. And the other one has to go because of age and time. That's one thing. But remember, young man, when you take and grace that pulpit, make sure you know you're there to re be a reflection of what the shield has represented all of these years. We've got a lot of gray-headed men among us and a lot of them that's bald-headed and ready to leave the scene sometime in the future. But let me tell you, young man, get it in your heart that you're going to honor the shield of faith. Keep preaching. Jesus can still do it. I can tell you, I don't know how long, how long I've been up here, but I can tell you this. I'm disappointed in some who have been drug home, some who did not withstand in the battle. They listened to outside influences. They listened to Athens who love luxury and pleasure and who love the things of the world. They'd rather be political minded. You hear what I'm telling you? An office means as much to them as what living for God means to us. I'm trying to be very careful. But I'm going to tell you this. We ought to thank God for those men who are standing past and holding the shield of faith up so that we can get it and hold on to it until Jesus comes back again. Spoils of the world are nothing to boast of. If that's all you want, that's pretty slim pickings. The spoils are not the sign of honor and greatness. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I hear, heard a voice this week that sang acres of diamonds, <laughs> mountains of gold, rivers of silver, and I don't know, jewels untold. I heard that just kept coming over in my mind. But there's a lady going home on her shield with honor. I don't know what kind of warfare you're in today. But let me just say this, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able, not might, not maybe, 
not perhaps, but you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Be watchful. Be courageous. Stand fast in the faith. Keep acting like men. Keep holding up the gospel. Maintain the honor of the shield. If there's ever a time in my life, and I, I don't know how many days are ahead, and I don't know what my health may be on tomorrow. I'm 60, almost 64 years old. And I'm going to give it all I got as long as I can give it. I'm going to live as long as I can and die when I have to. And I know we have young men snipping at our heels wanting to know when we're going to leave the scene. But we have some honorable saints that are sitting on our pews. They don't mind the change, but what they, they don't mind the change of leadership as much as they worry about whether or not you're going to disgrace and dishonor the shield. When somebody has stood for so long, that meant so much. And when somebody stands in that pulpit, thank God you got a good man in this pulpit. You got a man that's a sparking from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Well-trained, well-bred, taught well by his parents, taught well by his pastor. He is a man that's holding up the shield of faith for this congregation. Come on, lift your hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Come on, let's talk to him. Oh, God. Don't let us dishonor the shield. Don't let there be a weakness in our armor. Amen. Maintain the honor of the shield. God bless you. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather have him than riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain and be Jesus. 